we want to welcome all of our listeners to another episode of Minority Report podcast with Eric and Carell. Each episode, we talk with leaders in business, tech, and media. And today joining us is Gene Brownhill, who's the CEO and founder at Sweeten. Let's jump in and get to know Gene. Welcome, Gene. How are you? I'm doing great. Thanks so much for having me. We're thrilled you can spend some time with us and excited to, to learn a whole lot more about Sweeten and about you. Gene, tell us a little bit about where you were born and raised. Tell us a little bit about, about you. <laughs> oh, you're taking it back. All right. We're going back. Um, yeah. I was born and raised, actually, I was born in Norwich, Connecticut, but raised in London, Connecticut. We want to get technical. So East, Northeast. And yeah, I lived in New London, Connecticut until I went to college. And I went to college in New York City. So I do feel like I was raised in New York City more than I was in Connecticut. But that's where my elementary school and high school were. Excellent. Tell us a little bit about your family. I saw a great segment from today's show, and you talked a lot about your family and growing up in Connecticut. Can you tell us a little bit about your parents and your grandparents and tell us about what family is like for Jean? Sure, sure. So my parents actually met as part of the Model Cities program. So it was a program that LBJ had in the 70s in which they you know, we're really trying to make the world a better place through some urban planning interventions and then some social programs. And my mom was an administrator in one of the programs. My dad was, um, he, he kind of was a policeman, but kind of not. My dad is African-American. And one of the tenets of the Model Cities program was that you would get local people of color to join the police force because local policing was like a big part of the program. My dad tells the story really differently. Like they gave him a, <laughs> a uniform and a badge, no gun, and was like, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> he tells some very funny stories about him just like running from bad guys because he's like, what the, what the hell am I doing out here? <laughs> <laughs> With this like uniform to protect me. Anyway, um, so it was kind of short-lived for my dad, but that's how they met. And my mm. mom was an administrator. My mom is from the Isle of Man, which is in England. Mm. And yeah, really, really bringing together very different perspectives and two very, very courageous people. You know, you think about the fact that, you know, loving versus the state of Virginia made it legal for interracial marriage only like 10 years before my parents had me. So, yeah. you know, two very, very courageous people. And yeah, really imbued within me and my education and growing up, just an idea that one should always look to education and their own thinking to come up with their perspectives and ideas of the world that you shouldn't be just like handed them, that you should really do your own thinking. You can input a lot of data points, but you need to do your own thinking. That's great. I, I want to circle back a little bit later to family and influences and things like that. But I, I also want to ask you about Sweeten. I want to ask you about like, what is Sweeten? And can you tell our audience about the work that you're doing, you know, today as this? <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah. yeah, so fast forward, as I said, I came to New York City, I went to architecture school, loved architecture, even though I didn't really have any anybody in my world who used architects, my guidance counselor in high school said, oh, you should be an architect because you're good at math and good at art class because I have dyslexia. So I went to architecture school, actually fell in love with the medium of architecture, fell in love with architecture, fell in love with New York City and cities in general. 
and had a career in architecture. Uh, probably a decade I spent in architecture doing traditional architecture. But it wasn't until I finally had enough money <laughs> to buy my own house. You know, it took me a very long time to save up to buy a house. And then Not easy. <laughs> yeah, no, really. I mean, my starting salary as an architect was $24,000 a year. Yeah, it was, it was definitely to buy a house in New York City. is <laughs> expensive. So a lot of savings and did a renovation, but I hired the wrong general contractor. Mm. Now, you can imagine how frustrating that was given all of my educational background was in architecture and construction. It was so important to me. This money was so important to me. And then to spend it with the wrong general contractor was just, just too painful. Yeah. And so... There was this very specific moment where I walked into my living room and I had decided that I wanted to move an interior stair as part of the renovation and walk in, see this gaping hole. I can tell because of my years of construction that there's just something wrong with the hole. Like it's cut wrong. It looks like it was cut with like, I don't know, butter knife or something. It just looks awful. (laughs) And I turned to the general contractor looking at this gaping hole in my living room in the most expensive thing I've ever bought with like all the money in the world that I have sunk into this place. And I asked him like, oh, well, you know, have you moved interior stairs before? And he was like, oh, oh, no, no, I haven't done that. Mm. (laughs) Bad, Bad news. Bad news. Bad, heartbreaking, terrible news. And in that moment, I realized, you know, one, this is going to be a terrible renovation, which it was. Two, that there must be other homeowners that are hiring the wrong general contractors. Mm-hmm. And three, that general contractor made a terrible mistake. Here he is, a small business owner, trying to grow his business by taking a new type of project on. He thought he was going to be able to have residential on his resume. He was going to get a good review and a reference from me. And he thought he was going to make a profit. None of those things happened for him. Mm-hmm. And so it's just a terrible way for him to build his business. And so that was one of those entrepreneurial moments where I was like, there's got to be a better way. Mm-hmm. So that is what we do. So we are renovation matchmakers that we help homeowners and small business owners looking to renovate their spaces. We connect you with the best general contractor personally matched to your project. We then we will give you three options. You will get competitive bids from all of them. We will support that competitive bid process. Once you award your project, we will follow you with platform tools, expert advice, and financial protections, all the way to the completion of your project. So we are both helping homeowners and small business owners renovate fearlessly, but we're also helping the general contractors grow their business in the right way. So it's a two-sided marketplace. And yeah, we've been in business almost 10 years. We've done thousands and thousands and thousands of renovations. And we're in the top 10 cities in the US. Sorry, that story was very long. I got distracted when you started with New London, Connecticut. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I just love that you were able to answer my follow-up question without me asking the follow-up question. So thank you for that. Awesome. And before we we started recording, we talked a little bit about the busy days and, and week that all of us are are having. And and obviously as the CEO and founder of your own business, I know sometimes that can feel a little lonely at the top, right? But what do you love about being a CEO and a founder? You know, I'm a builder. So at first that manifests itself as me going to architecture school and, and being actually building things. And now I build my company, I build my team, I build the individual team members and their careers. Like I 
I love that part. I love to see the transformation, whether it's seeing a kitchen go from looking terrible to looking amazing, or to see, you know, a young staff member join our team and watch their career and their skills develop and, and watch us grow together. I'm a builder and a gardener. So I both love to like create new things and then watch them grow. <laughs> mm, mm. Both Eric and I are, are homeowners and I'm thinking about redoing my kitchen. And one of the things that's frustrating me right now is the fact that it's very hard to get materials, I guess, because of the pandemic. Has that had an impact on uh, your business at all? You know, it has and it hasn't. So mm. if you are willing to be flexible, especially on finished materials, if you're not like you have to have this tile or this doorknob, if you can be flexible, you know, it seems that people are able to find comparable alternatives. However, there are some things that people have been waiting for their Toto toilet or whatever it is. <laughs> and they just want, they want that model. They want that toilet and in their lead time delays, there's supply chain issues all over the system. So yes, in some ways it's been affecting us in some way it's not. The other way in which you know, lumber prices, everybody watched lumber prices skyrocket during the pandemic. Mm. Because we mostly do interior renovations and some light addition work, we weren't too dramatically affected by the cost of lumber going up. New home builders were affected much more because of the lumber prices. But we're definitely keeping an eye on all of that stuff because obviously, we are a marketplace that connects you to the right labor, but then that labor has to re- has to marshal all the materials and then track that obviously as the project progresses. So, yeah, Jane, I want to ask you a little bit about some stuff you said in the past, which I found is powerful. I love the idea of flat broke to CEO. You know, I, love, <laughs> I, 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 I also, I also. By the way, the, by the way, you know, when my mom and dad read that, they're like, "We were flat broke." I'm like, that's, oh, "Yeah, we were." <laughs> and, and, and it's interesting, right? No, I, I love that, and, and think about you mentioned your dad recalls things differently. You experience them differently, right? The recall's different, right? But there's something really powerful you talked about. And I'd love to get your thoughts on your dad's mom. You mentioned how she grew up. And can you tell our audience a little bit about some of the difficulties she experienced? And and, and I guess what I'm really interested in is how does that inspire you today? Knowing your family and like, and how does that sort of bring you to where you are and your thoughts about that today? Yeah. So my dad's mom, her name was Virginia. And my first name is Jean Virginia. So I have both my named after both of my grandmothers. And so I think about them pretty much on a daily basis, honestly. So my dad's mother was never able to have enough educational opportunities to learn how to read or write because she needed to help her mother, who was a domestic worker in the South at the time. And my dad grew up in the Jim Crow South and had to run away from home when he was a very young teenager because of the economic situation that my grandmother and he were in, but also, you know, just the the time. Jim Crow South and being from my family is from a small town in northern Florida, near very near the coast of Georgia. So my family comes from Georgia and from northern Florida. And when I think about my grandmother who wasn't able to learn how to read or write, and then having my dad have to leave home at such a young age and also not having a lot of educational opportunities, it's hard to express the amount of fuel that gives you or has given me to be successful, right? Awesome. It is at a 
literally at a cellular level. <laughs> right. That that has motivated me, has been my driving force. And you know, when you think about Sweeten, you can also think about it as me finding a career path that I was very passionate about, but then using technology to create an access point in which minorities and women and people of color have not had a lot of access into construction specifically because of unions, because of nepotism. It wasn't an industry that we are like in a lot or certainly not like as as business owners. Mm -hmm. And so I really see Sweeten as a platform and as a way to create an access point Mm -hmm. so that I can provide a ton of job opportunity to folks that I care about. And so we've got a whole program now where we have a pathway for women, we've got a pathway for minorities, we're bringing in more public works to connect more public works to women and minority contractors. So again, like I just, I really feel like every single day of my life, if you look at that one day and the work that I did in that day, I can tie it back to the motivation that I feel to make my grandmothers, both of my grandmothers proud of me and this, the sacrifices that they made. My, my other grandmother came here She's English, as I mentioned, and she had two babies during the Blitz. And like, she was like lived through a war with two small children, came here, provided some economic opportunity for her family through being like a secretary who invested her money in like some small stocks that ultimately (laughs) gave them a little bit of economic stability. Like, those are two really powerful women. And I just hope that Mm -hmm. I'm doing both of them every single day. I try to think of the work that I do and if I'm making them proud. Awesome. I'm sure you you absolutely are. And thank you for sharing that story with us. Really, really appreciate it. Gene, what advice would you give to anyone out there that is thinking about starting their own business and becoming a founder and, and wants to be a CEO? Yeah. So I think that, well, just to clarify, I think wanting to be a founder and wanting to be a CEO are a little bit different things. So if you want mm-hmm. to be like a traditional CEO, there's probably yeah. a path for that. Yeah. I, I'm definitely a person who is a founder. <laughs> who kind of grew into the job of CEO. Yeah. So the advice that I would give to both of those people, but specifically from my vantage point is always, one, if you are going the founder path, make sure this is something that you are truly passionate about solving, mm-hmm. that you are truly curious about solving. The folks that I have seen that are the most successful. You can be mediumly successful, but we're talking like if you want to be the founder of Nike, if you want to be the founder of a category defining brand or company, if you want to change the world, like truly change the world, not in that like weird tech bro, like disrupt and change the world, but like change the world. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to be passionate about it and and curious about solving the problem. I think oftentimes people get inspired by like, I'm gonna make a lot of money. Yeah, you you can that money drive. That's not going to keep you up. The amount of work that you're going to need to put in, you're going to go get a regular job that'll just pay you money at some point because it's just too hard. Yeah, (laughs) that's not going to be enough fuel in the tank to get that off the ground. And again, founder position, right? Launching a a rocket, it takes like ninety percent of the fuel just to get the thing to leave Earth's orbit. You got to think about like what's going to fuel, like really fuel you <laughs> to get this thing to go. And it can't just be money and it can't just be that you want to be the boss of people or CEO or whatever. It's got to be something else. 
Well, Gene, thank you so much for hanging out with us. Gene Brownhill, female founder, builder, Sweeten, as in home sweet home, right? Transforming the construction game, renovation game changer. I want to leave the audience a little bit with some of your words that I found inspiring. The more you feel blessed, the more blessings come to you. So I thought was really, really powerful. Thanks for hanging out with us and sharing some of your time and some of your family experiences. It's been tremendous. Thank you so much, Gene. And everyone, thanks again for joining us for another episode. You can find more episodes where you find all of your audio. Just search Minority Report Podcasts and look for the logo. Thanks. <laughs>